How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the OTH Football Podcast, another college football episode. It is truly crunch time in the world of college football, Mm -hmm. New Year's Six Bowls, Playoff Bowls. But before we really dive into anything, my name is George Giro, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, David Gillespie. Buddy, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing okay. You know, just moments ago, literally, if you guys... Tuned into the very beginning of the live stream, you heard me find out instantaneously the news of John Madden passing. That's really sad. Uh, a true pillar in the football community, not just in the NFL, but just making football into America's pastime. It really was a staple uh, uh, that had so much pivotal change, and it's just it's so devastating to lose a figure like him um, uh, to. You know, at the age of 85, even if even if he was, you know, at, at, at an older age, it's just, you know, he was so monumentally, monumentally impactful. It's just very sad to deal with. But um, I'm still here. I'm still pumped up, ready to go for this episode. Um, you know, I, I'm soldiering on. I'm feeling good nonetheless. Um, how are you doing, though? How was your how was your Christmas? Uh, I had a great holiday. Um, really, really enjoyed myself. Got to spend a lot of time with the family. And, uh, you know, that's to me, that's what it's all about. So. Uh, I really enjoyed myself. How about you? Didn't ask about your holiday. I know. Uh, I know what you did on a, a well for your Christmas. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah, dude. I went all out with that shit, dude. This shit. I. I was like, you know, it's funny. We're in that chat with uh, Sage Alvarez has uh, uh, helps us, you know, uh, connect with other content creators, and they were just talking about uh, there was a huge debate about whether or not Chicago style pizza was in fact a pizza. Or if it was called a fucking lasagna or some sort of, you know, oh, I, I casserole actually, or whatever. I, I mixed. I missed, What's your take on this? You're a New York guy, by the way. I, yes, and I missed this conversation. I was not mm-hmm. I was not there for that. Do you want my mm-hmm. take? Absolutely. Go right ahead. I'm not going to give it. I mean, you say casserole, and casserole is actually not like a bad describer for it. Like, when you said that, I'm like, huh, that's actually not too far off. Um but if I had to go with anything, I always call it a cake. Like, it almost to me resembles. How many fucking descriptors are out there describing this thing. I swear to God, there's a cake casserole. It it resembles oh. like cheesecake to me. Like it. <laughs> it it more resembles cheesecake. The disrespect no, 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 is no. unreal, you guys. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because this it's is, not this pizza. This is sacrilegious. What we're saying right here. No, it's you know? not because it's not pizza. <laughs> I hate you guys. You know, here's my <laughs> way of defining it. If it has all the ingredients and you can pick it up, that right there, my friend, is what I classify as. Now, if you can't pick it up, then yes, it's more of a pie, I would say, or more, maybe more of a casserole, or uh, what was the other thing I said? Uh, uh, well, you said cheesecakes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so wait a second. Are, are you then telling me that, like, a, a meatball palm, like a meatball sub, is also a pizza because that fits your description it has a bread cheese marinara sauce and a topping and you can pick it up well you don't have meatballs on a pizza at least right um, I mean, you can you can it's really i guess good. you can i mean there's some customized yeah i'm not sure. saying i wouldn't like okay wait a second. i would wait absolutely pause enjoy it, it. Pause you know? okay what about a calzone but like dipped in sauce that's what i was thinking about you know what so i mean literally about it's to get like, to that yeah. Or like even like a stromboli or something like that, where uh-huh. like you have the sauce. It sure it's on the side, but like if you add the sauce to it, and then you can still lift it. Like it, it it's yeah. still pickupable, if you will. 
That's more acceptable, I think, than a cheesecake. Can I go to a cheesecake factory and be like, yeah, give me Chicago-style cheesecake, and they're going to get me exactly what I fucking expect. You know? Chicago-style cheesecake. I mean, would that just be, like, yeah. a regular cheesecake with, like, the toppings of, like, a Chicago-style, like, hot dog? Like, it's just a piece I, of... I, I guess so. A piece I'm of... just baffled that you use the phrase cheesecake, okay? Hey, I, I just can't get off of that. It That's just... the wildest term I could ever imagine someone associating with Chicago-style pizza. It would, it would end up just being, like, a regular slice of cheesecake with, like, a pickle spear a piece of tomato and like mustard on it <laughs> oh an onion i can't forget the onion my oh, all that on it thing is i know good and well if if i link this to some of my friends i have a bunch of friends like from chicago like mm -hmm. they will absolutely go in on me like if, if i share them oh just yeah this part. they should <laughs> I, i'm joining the mob like you're okay. on your own on okay. this you one know what? <laughs> i i have already brought on so so many different mobs um to to come to my front door and and try to try to attack <laughs> no. me. Um, it's literally george against the world george, it's like truly. like it's just yeah it's 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 like it's like uh, uh world war z and it's just george and i'm the only one who's else. running from everybody else <laughs> yeah, exactly That's like, okay, you know so i don't know just if it's, too many fucking people yeah. i assume it's a chicago thing because one of my friends yeah. keeps saying it um do you eat your pizza with like jardinera on it what, what is that? Jardinera. Uh, it's like... Jardinera? Yeah, look it up. Jardinera. It's like pickled um, like cauliflower, carrot, and, and like some other stuff on it. But he puts it I on a pizza. Like he puts it on a slice of pizza. I've, I've, I've heard of like this kind of... like This is almost like... It's almost like a... It's like almost like, like a, a relish. Pasta almost. salad, you know? It's almost yeah, like a relish like, type thing, yeah. Yeah, but like I've never heard of anyone putting that on a pizza. That's thank you. Like Hello, un very unorthodox, very like like foreign to, to to do something like that. You know, look, I'm I'm not gonna say it's not good because I've never had it. But at the same time, that sounds so incredibly repulsive. I'm not going to do that because it's oh, it's it, cold. It's, yeah, it it's yeah. cold. And if you heat it's, it up. It's a Who's going to eat, like, warm relish? I'm just saying. Like, who's going out of their way to heat up their relish before putting it on something else? It's not a good balance, and it's almost borderline psychopathic, you ask me. But, you know. I mean, look. To my buddy out there, Dan. We're such a boat, you know. <laughs> Dan, I'm, I'm just saying. I've got other people, and I've got someone who's actually, like, you know, he's a Chicago guy. Yeah. And he's saying you're out of your brain, so I, I'm... I'm just going to leave it at that. You're uh, out of your fucking element, dude. No, I'm playing. No, he's all good. It's it's to each their own, but but that's some wild shit. If you that sounds me. disgusting. Um, yeah. <laughs> your words, not mine. <laughs> no, I've told no, them. But I, I, yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. I, I totally echo that sentiment. Um, I just don't want to be the guilty one to say it. Um, I also made some pumpkin cookies, by the way. Ooh, I saw like, those. And like pumpkin cake cookies. Oh, they're oh. so good. Like, seriously, I'll, I can send you, whoever wants it, I'll send you the recipe. You're missing out on life's greatest cookie cake imaginable. It's delicious. It's phenomenal. Oh, okay. You say cookie cake. I would legitimately love that as an actual, like, cookie cake. Well, it's not like 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 cookie cake, like you know, like like actual, like you know, like the traditional cookie cake. Like it's 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 like a cake, it's, but it's, it's in the form of a cookie. It's, it's a so pumpkin, soft, you know, like exactly, but like that big enough to be an actual cookie cake, and like with like oh, a little yeah. bit of like cream cheese mm. frosting on that. Oh, Ooh. oh well, 
But like, I'm not the biggest of cream cheese frosting because I don't mean, I like, like the, I don't like the Mrs. Salty with sweetness. But but I know a lot of people lot. love that. I'm stuff. saying not a lot. Like you know how like a cookie cake just has it like a little bit on the outside, mm. just like a little little pop. That'd be mm. so good. I <laughs> yeah, dude, that hits the spot. That's my favorite cookie ever. Chocolate chip ain't got shit on pumpkin cookie. You know, look, <laughs> like if we're talking cookie game, I mean rainbow cookies. Look. It's a very Italian thing. Look at, I mean, it's. I think they're also called like a Neapolitan cookie or something like that. But oh, they're so yeah. good. Yeah, these are things, good. I like these. Yeah, they are fantastic. Like those are like oh, my. Those nice, are legitimately man. like my favorite. Um, ho- like holiday cookies that we do. So good. A ton of work, but man, it's worth it. It is fan. They're fantastic. This look nice. They almost look like like you know, if ice cream Sunday were you know, there's like mixed ice cream Sundays were like like For a sure. cake, you know, in terms of the colors and all that stuff. It's great. Looks awesome, man. All right, en- enough about our holiday foods <laughs> and, and just destroying uh, uh, other other uh, other cities' food choices. Yeah. Uh, we do have some football to get into, but before we get into that, uh, we just have two messages for you guys. First off, of course, thank you to our sponsor, Symbol. If you go to Symbol right now, it is play. It, we're getting it down to the wire in the NFL, just as we are in college football. So it's the last couple weeks, every single week, every little bit of football is oh so important. So if you go over there and you're really dialed in, you can make yourself some money, uh, essentially playing fantasy football, but like it's the stock market. So if you go over there uh, and use our promo code OTH at checkout, make sure you go and use promo code OTH to get a $10 deposit bonus on any deposit of $25 or more. That is a $10 deposit bonus on any deposit of $25 or more. Go on. Make yourself that money. Uh, and, of course, uh, like like the promo code, like the name of our podcast, go on over to OvertimeHeroics.net. That is uh, a our, essentially our sponsor, our, our hosting mm-hmm. uh, website, if you will. Uh, so go on, go on over there. If you like any sport, I'm talking any sport, there is a ton going on in the world of sports right now. Go over there. There will be content for you to to read and enjoy. And just just a quick thing about the format of this week's show. Just because of all the huge games, we're only doing previews right now. We are live on YouTube for those of you guys listening uh, listening back. We are live on YouTube right now. So uh, if we do get any comments or we get anything uh, going in the chat, mm-hmm. you might hear us answering questions. But in the meantime, we will just be doing uh, some, some pretty in-depth previews of, mm-hmm. I think we've got, what do we have, seven games? that we're going to do mm-hmm. yeah, seven games. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's all bowl games. I want to say it's all the new year, six games and the Alamo bowl, just because it's going to yep. be between two pretty good teams. So, uh, and that's exactly where we're going to jump going. in. We're going to start with the Valero Alamo bowl. Um, this one is uh, from the Alamo dome in San Antonio uh, between number 14, Oregon and number 16, Oklahoma coming into this game, Oklahoma, honestly somewhat surprisingly to me they are a six and a half point favorite to win Mm -hmm. this game i mean i fully understand that oregon has struggled uh over the last couple weeks especially against really good offenses uh i mean i should let me rephrase that against not very good offenses let me rephrase that uh because utah does not have the best offense. I'll be completely honest with you. I don't think they have the best offense in the country. Uh, it is pretty no. ground and it's pretty ground and pound. Um, but to give up mm-hmm. 38 points to that team over the span of three weeks and then look like yeah. they won the game, but Oregon State put up 29, and Oregon State's not a very good football team right now. They have been in the past, 
but no. they're certainly not in that same level. They're they're not in that same stratosphere as some of these other teams. You know, looking at Utah, who's playing in the Rose Bowl, um, and Oregon State put up twenty nine mm-hmm. on this Oregon defense. And yeah. this is uh, this is these are two teams that are going to be coaching or are playing this game. Well, it kind of gave it away, but I'm gonna and mm-hmm. I'm talking about mm-hmm. without their head coaches from you know the the majority of this this college football mm-hmm. season. So what are your thoughts on, you know, either of these teams' chances? Because if you ask me, I'm not really sold on on Oregon coming into this game. Well, you know what? I'm not particularly sold on more. I mean, both are dealing with some absences, obviously. Oregon's got a ton of draft that are not going to be participating in this game. Kayvon Thibodeau, Michael Wright, Devin Williams, uh, who's one of their receivers uh, that – Play a pivotal role too. On top of obviously Thibodeau, who's the or Thibodeau. Excuse me, I always pronounce his name wrong. I, did, I had the same happen with Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, with the, the Chicago Bulls, the Knicks <laughs> now. Um, uh, but yeah, Thibodeau, uh, who's a, a top five pick. People are saying this guy is going to be. He's going to be one of the first guys taken off the board. Uh, and with his talent, you can clearly see. You know, there's some some uh, uh, um, suggestion as to why. You know, um, I think those are some costly losses. But Oklahoma, man, I think even more so. You know, because. Thibodeau hasn't always been the healthiest guy at Oregon. And, you know, so they've dealt with some absence and they've kind of they kind of held themselves afloat. Uh, Oklahoma hasn't really dealt with too many absences injury-wise. And even then, they were a little shaky at times. And for them, they're dealing with a lot more absence, uh, a lot more notable absence on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Oklahoma right now, they've got Isaiah Thomas out, Perrion Winfrey, two of their star defensive linemen, Brian Asamoah, and then you've got Nick Benito as well uh, on who's out two linebackers too. So two guys on the front, uh, four guys in the front seven who are going to be out, legitimate starters who are legitimate contributors too. Um, And I I think that could be honestly very, very costly uh, for Oklahoma. And, you know, you had Jane Hazelwood first depart. You had Spencer Rattler depart too, who, you know, if something were to happen to Caleb Williams, uh, um, or if they want to put in, you know, Spencer Rattler in in key situations, they're not going to be able to do that anymore, obviously with his departure. So, I think Oklahoma's back is kind of up against the losing Lincoln Riley. You know, I mean, he, he was really on the outside. I look at it was Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Ryan Day. And then it was like he was probably that next guy, you know, maybe Kirby Smart would be ahead of him. It really depends on how you view it uh, in terms of the, the best head coaches in all of college football. So dealing with a lot of absence like that, it really makes me worrisome about this. A Sooners team, um, you know, especially with Oregon still having their star running back in Travis Dye, who's absolutely phenomenal this year, really been the bell cow they've dreamed of, um, uh, uh, you know, with, with, with C.J. Verdell having gone down. So I feel honestly a little more comfortable with them. Uh, um, and I think, you, you know, they're out to prove something, too. After getting absolutely shellacked twice against Utah uh, uh, from two weeks apart, you know, they had their second to last regular match. And Obviously, the Pac-12 championship, where they improved by a measly three points. I mean, they didn't learn shit from the first time around, you know. It was still just as ugly uh, the second time around. And, and, and God help Oregon, uh, uh, you know, God had to help Oregon in that one just to get out of that one, you know, with with, with some, you know, with their, with their, to, keep, to keep their heads held high, honestly. Ugly as they came in any way, shape, or form. I think they're honestly going to come out in this one. Uh, uh, and really click, uh, you know, you still have no on top of that. Who's playing in this game too? Still some defenders for Roan McKinley the third as well. Um, th- there's a lot 
lot to like about Oregon uh, um, in this one, honestly. Um, I, I personally think Oklahoma way too many games very closely against inferior competition. Uh, it, it, I just don't see, honestly, them coming out with this one. Uh, um, you know, with that taken into account, and what about you? you think about this matchup? You know, it's one of those things where uh, I'm just not really sold on either team, and and for a couple different things, I, I think the the departure of Mario Cristobal also uh, cannot be understated, especially because it seems like he he was really. Uh, one of the, one of the cornerstone guys of keeping this defense playing uh, to to any you know particular level of excellence, and e- even then they they were allowing you know nearly 400 yards a game, especially recently, uh, giving up a bunch of points to Utah twice, giving up a bunch of points to Oregon State, and then even in some of their other wins, I mean the game against Wazoo they gave up 24. Uh, you know it, it really is going to be tough for them because I still think Caleb Williams. And this Oklahoma offense should still be able to function at a pretty high click. I mean, I think he was arguably one of the better young quarterbacks in college football this season. And, uh, I mean, his guy, Mims. Uh, Mims is playing mm-hmm. this game, correct? I, Marvin Mims is playing. I believe so, he? yes. Yes, he should be playing in this game. Uh, I think he should be. Uh, I haven't heard anything about Marvin Mims Um yeah, no, he's not. On, I know he's not on the uh, um, you know the declaration for the draft. So because I think he's is he he's a sophomore, right? Is that memory serves me correctly? Uh, I believe yes, so. sophomore. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. So you know his number one target is still going to be playing, and I think just mm-hmm. that combination between you know those two players and then you know their their run game. I mean, Kennedy Brooks was also really good so far this season. Uh, yeah, with, with a game another like thousand that. yard season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think it's going to end up coming down to whether Oregon's offense can really get a whole lot going against this Oklahoma defense, which, like you said, you're right, 100% right. They're missing a ton of pieces just due to the draft and, and due to players deciding it would not be in my best interest to play this game, which that's a whole other conversation that I don't think we need to be having right now <laughs> in the middle of bowl season. So. Uh, the the biggest thing for me is that Oklahoma at times has had trouble stopping the run, and now they're also going to be missing a good handful of their front seven. Yeah. Mm. So their defense definitely has its work cut out for them, uh, especially because yeah. Oregon does have a good run game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if we're if you're asking me which quarterback I think is going to perform better or is is just better right now. Clearly, give me give me Caleb Williams. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. same with receiving cores. If you were to give me a receiving core, I will all day uh, take yeah, Oklahoma's take receiving core. Yeah. <laughs> um, but man, that Oregon secondary at times has been really suspect. Um, yeah. With the six and a half, man, that's such a tough spread as well because it's not quite a touchdown. Um, mm. Just straight up to win, I I think Oklahoma wins, but I think it's tight. I, I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's pretty tight. I mean, yeah, I could see this being a very close game too. Uh, as much as some of these other games, I think are going to be absolute shootouts, just based on the losses from both teams, and based on uh, especially like the coaching losses. I mean, we Oregon essentially lost a defensive-minded coach, and Oklahoma mm-hmm. lost an offensive-minded coach. So, yeah. um, 
this it's a weird balance. <laughs> it is really weird. The over under is set at sixty and a half, mm. which it's actually probably not far off. I'd probably probably take the over on that. Um, man, I don't know. I think I'm going to take Oklahoma. I like Caleb Williams a lot. I, I think he was really good um, in the role that he had, where he was kind of mm. never. Was he ever really given the reins? I mean, it feels like he was, but there was always that kind of like, kind of like sneaking like shadow behind the scenes mm-hmm. of like there's a very talented player right behind mm-hmm. you. You know what I mean? So, um, gosh, that's tough. I, I think I think there was like some. I mean, he you know he said Lincoln Riley was kind of like the overarching influence that controlled oh, know, sure. the ship, so yeah. to speak. Uh, um, you know, when it comes to, to play calling and things of that nature. Uh, Brilliant offensive mind, and certainly he's going to be missed. Um, but but Caleb Williams, the thing with, that, that I will say, really make an argument for is his his unbelievable unbelievable ability to improvise. Oh uh, yeah, could really play a difference in the game. You know, his work outside the pocket this year was phenomenal. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Was it against Kansas State? I believe uh, um, when he. Uh... Gosh, I'm. Andy Brooks on a, a crucial fourth down. Um, or no, it was TCU. It was against TCU. That's right. Oh, that's that right. Game. That and, game was. Oh, yeah, that man. was a wild one, man. So if if that plays a role, I think there could be an argument made. But but the the, the Mims connection, like I I was hoping for more special this year because it didn't really quite live up to the hype for me. Sure. Um. I mean, but that but isn't, if they want, that yeah. isn't to say Mims had a bad season. You know, of course. No, yeah, I mean, he 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 like he played a role this year. I I just I thought he was going to have a thousand yards. He would be a potential All American, um, uh, and we just frankly didn't quite see that connection established with him. You know, whether it was with Rattler or with 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 uh, uh, um, Williams when he ultimately taking the reins. So sure, yeah, I, it, it'll be a close one though. I think honestly, um, Oregon. I got Oregon coming away with this one because of loss, because of play calling. Uh, um, uh, or, you know, play calling strength potentially due to Lincoln Riley being gone. Uh, um, you know, I, I think they could come away with this. one. I could see this being like like 28 to 21 or something. Like that. I could see that ultimately playing out. It, it could be that close with Oregon narrowly coming away with this one. No, certainly. I mean, th- this is going to be one of those games where it's really hard to really mm-hmm. peg down, you know, how this game is going to go and we're like oh 8 15 central time what, what time is that oh central time what am i talking about that is my time i thought that's a pacific time but um can't read um we no might actually we'll actually be on air uh probably yeah. when that game is going on so we'll uh mm. we'll be talking about the nfl here again on youtube um tomorrow evening just a little quick uh, selfless plug um uh so uh yeah if i just have to outright take a team i'm outright i'm gonna go with oklahoma there's something mm-hmm. about that oregon secondary that i'm still not 100 percent sold on and i think their pass rush uh even though thibodeau was hurt for a good chunk of the mm-hmm. season i mean wasn't there a game earlier where like he comes in for maybe a quarter and like has like five quarterback pressures and like some like ridiculous Whoa. stat line. He truly is a game changer, and I feel like because of his injury, yeah. people kind of forget that he is so incredibly talented. Uh, he he really can make offenses look kind of silly. He he is very very talented. I do I do like Kayvon Thibodeau a lot. Um, and his presence or his lack of presence 
say will be felt in this game for sure. Um, I just, I, you know, it's just with Oklahoma, it's just tough. But but I don't blame you either way. I think this is going to be going to be an exciting one this year. Certainly. All right. Uh, on to the next one. This one, I thought, like when this one was announced as, as the bowl game, I was mm-hmm. really looking forward to this one. But then mm-hmm. people opted out, and I no longer am really into – I mean, I think that's fair, though, right? <laughs> no, with this specific game, I think it's fair that I'm less excited based on, like, who's playing and who's not. So we're talking about the Peach Bowl yeah. now uh, mm-hmm. on the 30th, so on Thursday. Uh, the Pittsburgh Panthers coming off – what is this, their first uh, their first AAC or ACC? Mm-hmm. And their ACC, first yep. – uh, is this their first 11-win season? Uh, no, they, yeah, I believe this is their first 11 win season. Memory serves me correctly. Um, in a while, like it's been, you know, I mean, they won the national championship a long time ago, yeah. back in the the the, the 70s. But um, uh, yeah, going back to I think, yeah, 1981, wow. the last 11 win season. Yeah, because they were great in the late 70s, the 80s. They had Tony Dorsett, of course. yeah, a lot of lot of lot of great players, and um, yeah, this is a special season, but. No Kenny Pickett in this yep, one. There, <laughs> the backup's gonna have to take over and turn this turn this shit up a notch, you know. Uh, uh, and it's not it's not just necessarily any uh, any specific backup. Well, it is a specific backup. I, I did a little research, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Patty, uh, P A T T I, will Patty, be the yep. starting quarterback who has not played a whole lot of football. If mm-hmm. uh, to be frank, oh, let me see if I can find some of his game logs so yeah this total season he has yeah. had um 14 passing attempts yeah he i think he's only got one start it was against uh delaware back in 2019 when wow. freshman uh um you know it it you know he won the game but I mean, it's, it's delaware like it's not you know something to write off about exactly and yeah um, and his his like longest stretch of i mean longest game was against umass in which Pitt won 51 yeah. to 7 uh yeah and i mean he was fine five of five for 58 yards and a rushing touchdown that's really nothing mm-hmm. to like oh that's so bad i mean i can't say that he, he of his 14 passes he completed 12 of them for over 100 yeah. yards so it could certainly be worse and it'll be really interesting to see what he's able to do uh he's a isn't he a redshirt junior or like Richard, he's years. he's just a. I think he's a regular junior, if memory serves me correctly. I could have sworn he was um, he was redshirted his his uh, first season. I could be wrong. I could always be wrong. Um, but either way, I, I think with him at the helm, it will be interesting. And that isn't to say that Michigan State doesn't have their own you know amount of loss. I mean, the star running back are like to me not even arguably the best running back in the country this season. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker the third uh, will be missing this game. Uh, he also opted out to prepare for the NFL draft. Um, man, that's just two huge losses for for both teams, or well, at least one huge mm-hmm. loss for both teams. Uh, I was I don't want to say I wasn't the biggest fan of Peyton Thorne because I know I hyped him up, uh, especially after uh, Michigan State beat Michigan earlier on in the season, um, but. It's really going to have to be on the back of Thorne, whatever Thorne can do, because I feel like if he doesn't end up getting to a point where he can control the game and slow mm-hmm. down the game, because Pittsburgh's defense actually was, even though it wasn't against the best competition, they were pretty darn good this season. I mean, 
only allowed less than 350 yards a game, allowed less than 100 rushing yards. Yeah. And against what is a backup running back, that could end up being the difference maker is how well they can contain Peyton Thorne and what they can do against Michigan State's depleted run game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I you know, that's – like that really is, is a costly loss uh, to lose Kenneth Walker. Um, he certainly was one of the best running backs in the uh, this year, I mean, he was, it, was, it was crazy how much let like leaned on him, and he he frankly like rarely disappeared. Like you, you almost knew the game offense and be in that game, and he he almost he pretty much damn near consistently came through every game. Uh, uh, so I, I tip my hat to the season he had. It, it's honestly a bummer. Like to be honest with some of these games, like the the ones that I'm really excited for, ones we're gonna save for last, the national championship ones. Because a lot of these games that aren't in the championship, a lot of the stars are, are declaring out. And it's really, really unfortunate. And I told, I, I get it, and I respect their decision. I just respectfully disagree. Like, if you sign up for the season, why not just finish it? You know, and I, I know people say, well, there's one game that could potentially ruin their end of their chances to, to, to you know, uh, uh, be drafted early and be drafted high. Um, but it's like, there's always a risk in anything you're doing in football, you know, yeah, anything you're doing involved in football to where you could potentially jeopardize your draft stock. I mean, we saw, we've seen people get injured, horrific injuries, even in non non. So it's really just, it's just unfortunate to see a lot of these stars out being out because it's literally going to make a difference in the game with these guys not being in there uh, and the majority of them at the very least. And I think in this one, this could prove to be very, uh, this could prove to be uh, uh, potentially costly. Um, but but to, to make it very close, to make it worrisome about whether or not Michigan come out uh, on top. But I think, honestly, the more costly loss is losing Kenny Pitt uh, oh, yeah. for Pittsburgh. And oh, I, th- I mean, come I th- on. Yeah, yeah, like, let's let's be honest here. He wasn't yeah, a Heisman. I mean, he was a Heisman finalist. He was he your wasn't. favorite to win the Heisman, too, on top of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was absolutely brilliant this year. Uh, I mean, he was truly the most valuable player for Pittsburgh. I mean... The mm-hmm. man tossed for four forty three hundred yards, forty two scores, and only seven picks. That is yeah. that is true production. And also, just just to give a little mm-hmm. more, a little shout out more to Kenneth Walker. Out of Michigan State's twelve games, he ran for over a hundred yards in eight of them. Just really, just put that in perspective. And thing is, there were also multiple two hundred plus yard games for Kenneth Walker. The, Jesus, the, the man, I mean, he was, was unbelievable. Absolutely possessed this season he was absolutely fantastic and and before we uh talk a little bit more about this game coach craig's in the chat saying uh what up fellas hey melody how you doing what's up coach uh, craig good to see you buddy can't yep. wait to have you on the show tomorrow yes also if you guys are listening now and want to come back tomorrow coach craig will be joining us yet again and he will be joining us yeah. live uh, awesome. on the on the youtube channel so that's gonna be a ton of fun uh, but getting back into this game man pickett is just such a huge loss J- just with yeah. his, his impact mm-hmm on Pitt this season, and I don't want to sit here, I can't sit here and disrespect Nick Patty. I just don't know what he'll be able to bring to the table. Not mm-hmm. as a, I don't think he's good enough, it's truly a, I have no idea, like, mm-hmm. what he is as a player, just because yeah. <laughs> there, could could he, he, he could truly, like we've seen in the NFL, he could pull a Tyler Huntley. He could go out mm-hmm. there and just ball out because there is zero tape on the guy. There is absolutely... Yeah. No tape on this young man. 
So mm -hmm. I, I truly think that this game is going to be on the back of Pittsburgh's defense. And then on the other side of the field, Peyton Thorne is going to have to come out and, and have a really good game uh, if, yeah. if Michigan State wants to end up winning the Peach Bowl. Um, Michigan State is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So Vegas is expecting this game to be a true nail-biter. They are expecting you know a, a tight, tight game. Um, if you have to force my arm uh, or, or twist my arm and make me pick a winner, um, I'm going to go with Michigan State. And the only reason I say that is because I feel like Pickett is a bigger loss offensively than Kenneth Walker. As good as Kenneth yeah. Walker oh, is, you know, as good as he is, Kenny Pickett was truly the heart and soul uh, of this Pittsburgh offense. Oh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. But, man, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah, and I don't. I don't want to sit here and disrespect Nick Patty because, like, mm -hmm. I mean, what if he comes out there and it is just you know absolutely lights yeah. out? Keaton Slovis is sitting at home like biting his nails like SpongeBob. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, oh no, I, <laughs> uh, he's going to be my quarterback competition next year. You know, you, you really have no idea what you have in the young man. He's getting you know the biggest vote of confidence from his team, from mm -hmm. his coaching staff, naming him the starter midweek. You know. But yeah, man, that's what if he's just the next Caleb Williams? He just lights it up and he just goes. But that's the thing. We don't know. He, he certainly, he certainly could. Like, exactly. He, as coach Craig, he pulls a Casey Thompson from, yeah. uh, from last year. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. We just have no idea. Uh, and just that level of like that big of a question mark, especially at the position, uh, really kind of, puts me a little bit on edge um, about Pittsburgh. Yeah. So just for that, I'm going to pick Michigan State, but Pitt really could actually go out there and win it. Yeah, it's entirely it's entirely possible. I mean, they still have plenty of playmakers. Uh, Jordan Addison, who I believe won the Bolitnikov Award uh, this uh, year, who's their outstanding uh, receiver. Um, you know, this guy is, is, is sensational. Um, yeah, and and you know it's gonna be interesting to see how he gels with the Nick Patty, for instance. Uh, um, who again, who hasn't really started, gotten a starting experience uh, back until back till uh, uh, 2019, like you said against that Delaware game. So, but th th there'll still be plenty of guys out there. We'll be missing Kenny Pickett, uh, uh, and they'll also be missing Demari Mathis, one of their corners, uh, who was who was outstanding this year too. Yeah, he was um, good. You know. I, I I just I think that I, I'm going to take Michigan State in this one because I think that the, the loss of Kenny Pickett is just so profound. I mean, from from you know from a passing standpoint, and even from the the, the ability to improvise, like we saw. I mean, you know, he changed the game. He, he we've been over this. He quite literally <laughs> exactly. changed the game. That he's got a good head on his shoulders, man. He's a smart player, you know. Um, I, I think I, so be, for him going into the NFL, I think that's going to be one of the biggest things that uh, coaches pick up on is just how smart of a player uh, Pickett is, even though he wears two two receiving gloves. I know. <laughs> I know, guys. Just, I know. Uh, ben, I think Ben Rosper used to do that, didn't he? Uh, I thought he started doing it when it got cold in Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. but when it was still kind of warm, yeah. he doesn't. I, I think yeah. he. I think he truly just says, "Oh, my fingers are a little cold. I'm gonna put gloves on." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, hey, whatever, whatever works, whatever gets that ball spinning the way you want, you know. It's, oh, sure. It's, uh... 
the small do hands. Do, do what you oh, guys do. Yeah, you know? Coach Craig. Oh, the small hands. <laughs> you know, I think I'd rather uh, look at a guy who just threw for 4,300 yards and 40-some-odd scores in, instead of, uh-oh, his hands are a little small. Ooh. I bet Kyler Murray know, has small yeah. hands. It's, it's honestly a funny fixation that people have. Uh, uh, bet- yeah, just like things like, like that or like the, you know, even the, like, even the height and not even that, bro. It's the three cone. It's all about the three cone. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey, it's an interesting test for agility, but yeah, it's not, not the be all. You know who had a really bad three uh, cone um, drill? Who? Uh, DK Metcalf, who I know you saw a lot of. Really? This. Yeah. He had a bad, th- well, he's not super. Oh agile. yeah. He's not, he's just big and fast. Yeah, he he he's more of a straight line runner for sure. Um, but, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be in man coverage on that dude. He'll just oh, pick, hell no. he'll pick me up and throw me out of the way as well. I mean, when he's ready to play, when he's firing on all cylinders, man, there's there there may not be anyone more unstoppable I've ever seen. Like when he, I'm not saying he's the best receiver ever, but I'm just saying like the like the most mesmerized, like he could make the most I've ever seen. Uh, um, in in um, as a receiver ever, like that's the, the guy's talent is just off. But but going back to this game though, I think can you pick? Also gonna like wish Keaton Slovis hurry the hell up and just <laughs> hop right in, you know? Hey, because uh, of course wanna... he transferred over to Pittsburgh, you know. Hey, K Keaton, you want to take a winter class so you can play? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it just it, every funny. They just he's not cutting it out, you know. Like, we need you to get get the hell. Get on a plane it... and get to Georgia yes, now. Exactly. He's literally coming off the plane with his pads and his. Go, he, they even gave him a couple of the stickers to put on the back for whatever touchdowns <laughs> exactly. he scored this season. Just so you know, he looks like he's you know a little worn in, a little proven. Yeah, uh, we'll say uh, uh, going into Pittsburgh, but I think that's gonna be costly. You know, uh, Payton Thorne, I, he's that I believe in with Michigan State. I'm not saying he's outstanding, uh, but he had a solid year this year. 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions. He's been fine. Um, you know, he was yeah, fine. he's been fine too. Uh, and I like the chemistry he's developed with his two star receivers and Jaden Reed and uh, uh, Jalen Naylor too, who's actually the latter of which um, is going to be coming back from injury after he missed the final four games of the season. He had been been out of uh, uh, out from playing uh, going back to uh, midway through the Michigan. So it's it's been a very costly loss. You're going to get you know 587 yards through eight games, six touchdowns uh, worth of production uh, back into your lineup, uh, which is going to be very very complimentary to Jaden Reed, who's of course their star guy, who's on pace for almost a thousand yards. He's got eight touchdowns. Um, and I just you know their defense did take a nosedive towards the latter part of the season. So yeah. Michigan, even though they won that. Uh, um, Purdue dropped. I mean, they coughed up forty to Purdue, who they lost to. Ohio State, and then and then Ohio State nearly yeah, dropped fifty six. Nearly dropped a sixty spot on their head. Yeah, that was that was some rough business right there. Um, but I think this will be a game where they could potentially bounce back. You know, and you know, kind of pad their stats defensively. Um, really, I think the key thing is if they eliminate Jordan Addison, uh, their star receiver, that is going to be the key thing. Um, you know, just. Play careful with the football, of course. You know, Peyton Thorne can be a little haphazard, too, at times with football, uh, with turning the ball over. So if he can be a little careful with that, you know, get it, keep it out of the hands of, like, Servassi, Dennis, and guys like like guys like that. They have a decent secondary, uh, um, you know, some decent playmakers in their secondary, potentially get their hands on the ball. If they can just keep keep the hands out of, uh, keep the ball out of the hands of the 
defenders and and just establish connection with Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor, they should be fine. So I think uh, uh, Michigan State could come out of this one. Um, I'm going to say probably I'm going to say like 27, 21 uh, uh, Michigan State coming away with this one. All right. All right. On to our second New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, this one, the Fiesta Bowl from State Farm Stadium out in Glendale, Arizona. We have number nine, Oklahoma State, and number five, Notre Dame. Uh, this one is another one that could really end up being a tight game. Notre Dame is a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, from Glendale. I... I kind of wish we didn't have to talk about this game because I, I don't know why. I just really feel like this game is just going to be dull. Like, I, yeah. I'm not like I'm not sold on either offenses. Yeah. I mean, S- Spencer Sanders was whatever. We we talked not great about him. Same thing with Jack Cohn. I mean, they were both very mediocre. If you were mm-hmm. to ask me this season, I don't think either were fantastic. Of course, so Sanders, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, Sanders was definitely more mid-tier than Cone, but like that isn't saying much. Like, if you had a like, if I had to give them both a rating, it'd probably be like Sanders is a solid five. Like he is a a very mm. solid middle of the road quarterback, <laughs> and then Cone might be like a five point like six. Like it's not a huge difference to me. I'll be generous. I'll give him the six. You know, the you'll you'll six. you'll round him up. You'll round him up. Yeah. Uh, coach, coach. Uh, He's probably Craig, still, probably still like fuck you though. You know. <laughs> probably no. Coach Craig just had a really good question that, that I'm not sure about, no. which I'm checking. Kyron right is now. not playing. Kyron's not playing. Kyron Williams. No, oh, that's right. I did remember seeing that. So he is not, not. playing for this game. Um, that's a which really is why big, it's gonna be dull. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's yeah, probably part of it. But I mean, even if he did play, it might be a little dull. I mean, Oklahoma State's defense has been really good this season. Uh, I yeah, will give them that really level good. of credit. So this is truly, I think, going to end up being a defensive battle. Um, mm-hmm. And if you were to give me, ask me which defense I think has been better this year, probably Oklahoma State. I'm, I'm like very firmly, oh, yeah. very, mm-hmm. very firmly in the camp of Notre Dame. Even though they do have standout players, like I, I still mm-hmm. absolutely adore some of their secondary players. Like they have been so good. Like uh, Hamilton. Uh, was yeah. absolutely. Oh, I love Kyle Hamilton. Brilliant. He's not playing either, though. He's not. I mean, no. There's that, and, and like I'll be honest, Oklahoma State plays a lot better competition than Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame's biggest competition was Cincinnati, and they lost. I say yeah. it decisively too. Every single time we talk <laughs> about Notre Dame, and I'm gonna say it again, you cannot consistently keep putting this team in the top ten when they don't schedule any teams. Mm-hmm. And then they lose the only game that they actually have. I mean, I'm sorry. Like when your most impressive win on the season is number 18, Wisconsin, when they were 18 at the time, and then Wisconsin ended up the season eight and four. Mm. I-, I mean, like that's not some like crazy huge win. Like that's just yeah. it. It's kind of like just whatever. I mean, half <laughs> half of that conference beat them, and you're yeah. not even in that conference. <laughs> Come mm-hmm. on, um, I, and I, I thought that was going to be there was going to be more to Notre Dame when they just absolutely then 
Um, even though, like, I, you know, that third this year, but they were like a deep. Okay, maybe they'll be on 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 onto something. And honestly, maybe I, I think I even picked them. I choked on my fucking, and it was bad. Oh, what they're uh, playing Notre, uh, Cincy. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I had picked in that prediction that that Notre Dame was going to come out on top and. They were going to prove to they proved to everyone that they were finally the national contender that people have been doubting them to be for years now, which is fair, honestly. Like, they've been so damn forgettable playing in, like, legit national title contending games, you know? And, and that's the biggest thing for me is, like, I fully understand that they're 11-1 right now, but the fact that mm -hmm. they are fifth, like, ranked fifth in the country is truly yeah. disrespectful to me when you've got – Oklahoma State, who's 11-2, and two, and the only reason they have two losses is because they lost to uh, the winner of the Big 12 winner. Mm -hmm. Who they had a better record, or, or the same record then, but a better conference record. Mm. And then you've got... It's weird. Like, Ohio State, who's a rank lower, who just has one more loss, but, like, their yeah. resume is just straight-up better. Yeah, it, it's absolutely insane to me. I mean, look, I'm just going to say like it is. I, I don't see much like firepower in this game. I think it's going to be relatively dull. Uh, and it's just based on their defenses, you know, opt outs or not. I'm taking Oklahoma State in this game. Yeah, I, I mean, well, I, for me, honestly, I think the difference is the opt outs. The identity to this offense um, because, like we said, Jack Cohn is was was a bit underwhelming this year. I thought he was going to take off, you know, a few games of the season. I really loved his season opener against Florida State, even though it is against you know Florida State. On top of that, I, I just thought it looked like he had tremendous command of this. But I guess it was just a sign of really just playing more so inferior competition, um, as opposed to just being that guy that they've really needed and haven't had really since Jimmy Brady Quinn days, and even. You know, I mean, I like Brady Quinn a lot coming. Like, if Jimmy Claus, I the last guy, um, that's not exactly a ton to brag about. It's like I, yeah, I, I'm just, I like Jimmy Claus's last year, but I didn't, I didn't love it by take him seriously as a national championship ending quarterback by any stretch. Um, he had a lot of glaring issues that kind of were manifested uh, once he got into the NFL. But um, I think losing Kyron Williams and Kyle Hamilton, who I think is top five, that guy is so. Top five. Well, I mean, there's in the mix. Yeah, no, I would say yeah, he's a top five pick. He's I, I keep seeing special people. Talent, I, keep, I keep seeing people uh, putting uh, the having the Jets take uh, Derek Stingley from LSU and Kyle Hamilton. And I have to yeah. say, if they were to get both of them in that top ten, oh god, oh, that second. <laughs> if, if they can somehow also keep um, some of the rest of those, those secondary pieces. Like those mm -hmm. two, Michael Carter and and Brandon Eccles, who all Ooh, four of those nice. guys are like young guys. That could yeah. be such an athletic secondary for the Jets. That'd be so much fun to watch. They would because mm -hmm. all four of those guys just zip around the field. Like there, there's oh. so much there. And if Marcus May decides to stay as well, which I I don't think he is. I, I love Marcus May. By the way, he's so good. I mean, I. He was really good last year. Uh, um, not been quite as good this year, but he's still like. Injuries. I, I, yeah, he no, I, I don't think this. Yeah, he hasn't played much like this season with injuries. Yeah. Um, but but you know it's yeah honestly like he, Kyle Hamilton's the guy that would make you Jamal Adams's departure. You know, like like plain and honestly, simple. Like, I think that guy is. He's like he's almost like Kyle as a 
You know, he's that yeah. special of a guy. I'm yeah. very high on Kyle Hamilton. I really like Hamilton as well. I mean, you said that about um, – yes, exactly, Coach Craig. Your boy Ashton Davis, also extremely athletic and plays for the Jets. Uh, you, you said that about um, Jamal Adams. I'm not sad at all. I mean, especially because uh, the Seahawks have been bad this year and the Jets oh, have their yeah, first-round yeah. pick. The yeah. Jets are going to have – He's not fit well into their system at all. No. Like, like uh, at least in the second year. Like, like his first year was pretty – record for sacks by a secondary player but but he wasn't particularly great in coverage and he's really you know continued to struggle in coverage this year too yeah. uh, and hasn't really made his presence as much felt even in the run stopping area but um yeah no it's it, enough this, about the terrible no... jets I, I, don't, I, I don't need to i have it enough on sundays i i get it enough i don't want to get your hopes up too much because like i like i you know who knows what like next thing you know, is they'll probably just fuck you. I hope they don't. You never know. Knowing, the Jets, knowing, you know? knowing the Jets, they're gonna win the the last two games of the season. Absolutely screw the playoff race, and then screw themselves out of two top ten picks. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> that is probably the, that is the I'm most. Fine. If they somehow, if they somehow go out and beat the Buccaneers and the Bills in the last two weeks of the season. I might just have an aneurysm because, <laughs> because because last year, last year they won at the end of the season and they could have had Trevor Lawrence, but they didn't. Nope. And then this nope. year they could have a, like, I think the four and like the seven. I don't want to, I don't want to think about it. Cause like the more I think about it, the more I think it's going to happen and the more it hurts me. <laughs> I, I, I just want to, and I want to give a, uh, Tell the you know contact the Jets and 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 if they get those wins to dedicate. You better not. Are you rich on the post game interview. I really, I swear, if if I if I hear if I hear my name come out of Robert Sala's mouth, I'm blaming you. Oh shit! Just, we did. We got the wins. We're still in the same fucking situation next year too, you know? No, no I'm kidding. I, I God help your team. God help my team too. We're both in the same fucking rut, the same shit, just a different year. Um, Coach Craig, by the way, great point about uh, Adams um, turning into Landon Collins. Yeah, yeah. turning into Landon Collins. Honestly, Landon Collins is mightily regressed, man. I was so high. I wanted my Bears to so bad out of the draft. And I don't know. To be honest, in, in hindsight, it, he was actually kind of good for the same, Giants too. Yeah. He was, he was they moved on from him, and you know they, you know, obviously he's with Washington now, and just kind of a shell of his former self, man. It's just not been. But anyways, enough NFL talk. Though. Yeah, that's tomorrow. Let's get back into this. Yeah, that's exactly. Tomorrow, so. We're getting too hyped up. Craig getting us motivated with these uh, with these NFL references with, the, with these hot takes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, for this game, I'm taking Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl. Who do you mm -hmm. have? I've got Notre. I've got. Uh, um, uh, oh, excuse me. I'm going to go Oklahoma State because of those opt outs. I to. Um, their defense is ferocious in Oklahoma State. Malcolm Rodriguez is unbelievable, man. That guy has been outstanding. Um, you know, I, 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 the, the key thing is, like, Spencer Sanders turned the ball. Like, I mean, he was really bad last time they played, uh, against Baylor in the uh, the, the uh, Big 12 championship. Uh, um, it, it was really, really, really ugly uh, uh, seeing him, you know, just – the guy needs to find a way to establish something downfield – uh, uh, and establish some chemistry overall with, with, with Tay Martin. I think that's going to be a big, big key 
factor in why they can come away with this game. Because uh, I, I, I still have faith that Jalen State, I could see coming away with this one. Probably like 21 to 17. I could see it being that close. Um, you know, and, and no knock to Marcus Freeman, who of course has taken over Dame now that Brian Kelly's gone. Oh, yeah. It's just, I think those absences. Uh, um, you know, Jack Cohn probably isn't like his ideal guy to be under center, you know, so there's that to take into account too. Um, I love the defense. The defense is still going to be playing pretty stout, pretty, pretty effectively, but Michael Mayer is really your only guy that I feel comfortable, you know, getting something going offensive. So I just don't think that's going to be enough this year. Uh, enough in this game. 21, 17 is my score with Notre Dame nearly falling the state. Yeah, again, fair enough. I'm, I'm also taking Oklahoma State in that game. On to the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl from, is this Pasadena? Yes, Pasadena, California. We have the Utah Utes taking on the mm-hmm. Oklahoma, or excuse me, Oklahoma, Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, Ohio State is a four and a half point favorite in this game. Um, mm-hmm. This is another tough one because to me, this is a true test of a great Utah defense and a really good Utah running game who just absolutely obliterated Oregon twice oh, yeah. in within mm-hmm. three weeks. And then did the like within that time, did the same to Stanford, Arizona, and Colorado. Just absolutely steamrolled those teams. Um, but Ohio State has not not just arguably, truly one of the best offenses uh, behind C.J. Stroud, Henderson. Um, and they are going to be missing two of their top receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett yep. Wilson. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are playing. But the most productive receiver this year should still be playing if I if – I, if yep. Remember Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yes, yep. he he is still playing for this game. Uh, mm-hmm. He is not declaring mm-hmm. for the draft. I don't think he can yet. He's a, is he a He's sophomore. sophomore. Thought so. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. That connection has been absolutely electric all season. Do we know if mm-hmm. uh, Trayvon Henderson is is he playing this game? Yes, I believe so. I believe the guys who are going to be declaring are Garrett Wilson, yep, Olave. Uh, Chris Olave, their, their left tackle, their left tackle Nicholas uh, uh, T. Frere, mm. and then uh, their DT, their star DT, uh, Haskell Garrett, who's also a senior, they're all declaring for the draft. So those guys are going to be without uh, uh, in this one. And I think that's honestly why. Do we know if Utah has any big um, opt-outs? I didn't read any. If, if I, like, I I'm trying to remember if... I didn't see any. Because, I mean, that's the thing. If those, like, if, if a star left tackle is out, for Ohio State, and a guy like Lloyd yeah. is is still playing. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, he could have an absolute yeah. day. He could have a field oh, yeah. day out there. Um, I love me some Devin Lloyd. I man. know you do. That's why I brought him up. Oh God, uh, because that's a huge like that's a game changer for me if if he's playing or not. Um, I also uh, it's tough to actually go with Utah because like Cameron like Cam Rising is very he <clears throat> to me he definitely fits into that mold that we just talked about in your jack cone and your um spencer sanders mold um yeah. is cam rising as well oh yeah he, yeah <laughs> he is like he's like I, I like him a little more than them though a little bit more he doesn't, he, he's not he doesn't turn the ball over 
There's that. Yeah. It, well, and he he's established some chemistry to some degree with his with his uh, with the two tight ends in in, in Brand Queef, and then uh, um, also with uh, um, Dalton Kincaid. You know, I yeah. like that that Tatum and how he's worked with them. Uh, so at least he's 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 finding some weapons. The big thing is, is establishing uh, as, uh, as something coach, that's very underrated. Underrated. You know. Yeah. Oh, and as coach just uh, brought up, it sounds like Lloyd is playing, yeah. which I. Yeah. I mean, he's going to go fucking off, man. Jesus Christ. With a backup he can left do tackle, everything. He is yeah. so good. I mean, arguably one of the better defensive players in all of college football mm-hmm. this season. Um, he could he could have himself a day without with I mean, with Ohio State rolling out there with a backup left tackle. Oh god. Some rough business, man. But CJ like, even if even if it's Ohio State, and you you know, it's like everyone who comes five star recruit. Yeah. Um, it's like the the lack of experience when you've got Devin freaking Lloyd line up it, against it, you, like stack in the box, just like because he can rush the passer. He's a great run stop. Oh yeah. But he can also rush the passer if you want. He and, can do and, anything at will. <laughs> and it's not even that. Like I mean, if you if you look at their games against uh, Oregon. Like, let's just look at their last game against Oregon, just because I'm curious. Where'd, mm-hmm. where'd those defensive players go? I mean, look, you've got a really good front seven. I mean, we can't forget yeah. about um, Nephi mm-hmm. Sewell, who, who is fantastic. Nephi Sewell, yeah. He's, he's so good. Panay's brother, and, uh, yep. and of course, Noah's brother, too, plays for, uh, for in the Pac-12 as well in Oregon. I mean, Van Fillinger, or is it Fillinger or Fillinger? Mm-hmm. I think it's Fillinger, I want to say. I think it's Fillinger, but, like, I mean, come on. As a defensive end, getting six mm-hmm. solo a sa- or half a sack and a tackle and a half for loss. Yeah. Alongside your Devin Lloyds and your Sewells. I mean, this is truly a really, really talented kind of top-to-bottom front seven that could have themselves an absolute day against what will end up being a, a weakened offensive line. But with that said... CJ Stroud is still really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's phenomenal. He had the number one QBR country. You know, you still got Jack Smith and Jigba. I think Master yeah. Teague's still going to be there. Obviously, Travion Henderson. Um, you know, a lot of the defenders are going to be there. And Ronnie for star safety. That's uh, yeah, Cameron Brown and Denzel Burke as well. All things considered, that- though, Stroud did kind of struggle against a really heavy pass rush. Like, mm-hmm. he struggled against Michigan. I mean, Stroud was not very oh, yeah, good yeah. against Michigan. And I understand. I love I love Ojabo, and I, I kind of like Aiden Hutchinson. Um, but I just feel like this Utah defense is so deep in their front seven. Like, it can really kind of come from anyone and anywhere, mm-hmm. which really lets their coaching staff get creative. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. with Michigan, it, it feels a little bit more like you've got your two guys – but those guys are just so incredibly talented that they can kind of just do it themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this defense really came alive in the second half of the season. I mean, you just oh, look yeah. at like the, the, the production they held teams with the outlier being in Arizona random out like era fucking zone was the team that dropped 29. But meanwhile, you have like Oregon held to t- Colorado held to 13. Stanford held to just seven. Arizona, who had one win the entire t- Like, very little offensive. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, drives 29 of them, so it's kind of a weird situation. Still, nonetheless, I feel very comfortable with this defense coming out. Uh, um, to hold Ohio State, I think on like 20, I'm going to be be real with that ground game and with CJ Stroud still, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and it's just still being Ohio State in general. I, I can still see them mustering out 20 this one. Sure. But I honestly think Utah comes away with this one. I really do. Because of the opt-outs and because they play some teams very tough. I mean, Oregon, you know, they, they handled their business against that team. And that team... You can't even necessarily just say that they, like, handled their business against Oregon. They just rolled <laughs> Oregon. It, it's not... They, even, they curb stomped their asses, they basically. They truly, like, punched them in the mouth in the first game. And then yeah. when Oregon kind of like came back for more, they're like, oh, we're doing this again? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then yeah. did it again. Except this time, yeah. like, Oregon, like, scratched them with a fingernail yeah. while also just, getting I, just absolutely <laughs> pummeled. Pummeled? I mean, like, pile driven? You know, like. We're talking took up. We're talking took up. RKO took a people's elbow, like. <laughs> truly from the their ass, RKO'd their ass. Truly no. from the top rope with a steel chair. Oh god, um, that's so great. Um, it's th- but so this defense, tough. though, it's who do you got? I want to hear. That's who you- the thing. It's so tough because, like you just said, I mean, even with Ohio State missing a ton of their weapons, I mean, their most productive receiver is still going to be playing. Their productive run game is still going to be playing. Um. I I am going to go with Utah. I, I'm going to go with Utah. And my only reason why is, like you said, the opt-outs for Ohio mm-hmm. State and the lack of opt-outs within Utah's defense. Yeah. Because I love that, by the way, so much, that Utah just kept their nucleus and, you know, everyone's playing, it seems like. Oh, it's oh awesome. yeah. And, I, I mean, if we just look at their defensive performances, not just in the last couple of weeks, but over the season – I mean, the mm-hmm. most points they gave up to a team was 42 to Oregon yeah. State. And, and, like, that might, like, sound, like, unimpressive. But, I mean, to do that over the entirety of a season it is incredibly yeah. impressive. It, it's just a, a true yeah. level of consistency that they play with. And if they what? can do anything like Michigan or if they took any sort of notes from what Michigan did to Ohio State, Utah definitely has a chance of winning this game. Absolutely. You know, like, I, I love their ground. Tavion Thomas and TJ Pledger are a great one-two punch out of the backfield. We saw times, um, you know, they're, they're really nice. Really, really nice. Great, great one-two punch, honestly. It's really, yeah, like I said, with... Here's what I have to, here's what I can say. Just, like, to put it back mm-hmm. into, like, real football terms. What Utah does so incredibly well, they play complementary football. Oh, from, yeah. From top to bottom, this is truly mm. like a unit. It, it, it's not like it's a, yeah. oh, you've got this one guy playing really well and, and then this one guy playing really well. It's a true like top to bottom like football team, and, and that's just like how they play. It, it really has been impressive this season, especially uh, in, in these late games against high-ranked opponents. And I'm going to be real too. Like I love Kyle Whittingham as a coach. I love him oh, so yeah. much that like – I, it would not be uh, uh, offensive or preposterous for anyone to potentially down the road consider him for an NFL go- uh, I, I coaching was, job. I, I really was, wouldn't. I was just about to say, would you like him to replace Matt Nagy? Would I like him? I, I think, honestly, yeah, it, it wouldn't be the worst decision. They, it, it, I'm not saying – and I don't mean – 
play. I just, I'm always getting worried about college, no matter who. That's fair. If it's Nick, Nick fucking Saban couldn't thrive in the NFL, you know, and he's the greatest college. Player. So it's just, you know, it is a little worrisome sometimes with when you coach, like, you know, you, we talk about like being a head coach at like near in the NFL, being a head coach in college versus being a NFL. When you're a corner in the NFL, you know how the NFL. You know, yeah. Uh, you see everything. You're around that environment, around the egos. You're around the strategy, everything, so on and so forth. Uh, you're around the talent. You know, so you know exactly what you're getting out of guys. But with college, it's a different thing. Um, so that's like where my concern would lie. But I would, I would, I would be, I would be optimistic about. It. I would absolutely not, not to uh, uh, keep harping on, on the Bears and Matt Nagy. But w- would you be more? Would you be more confident in? Uh, a college coach taking over for Matt Nagy or me taking over for Matt Nagy? <laughs> well, I, 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 I would hope that you, I, I, you know, I would expect that you wouldn't be trying to sabotage the, oh, which I'm fully not. convinced that Matt Nagy has been trying to do the last few years, <laughs> honestly. Okay? That's um, not far know, off. Okay. I don't, I don't think you're far off with that, with that uh, idea about Nagy. I don't think you're far <laughs> yeah. off. <laughs> honestly, so I, I guess I would probably have more faith on to just you know I don't want to get into the Bears too much, but perhaps my nag and Ryan Pace too as a general manager. I'll pull a Bill O'Brien. I'll do both this. jobs. Yeah, exactly. You know, I I know <laughs> if, what if, players I want. So do do you know what flex tape is? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. If flex tape needed to sponsor a head coach. In- those two guys would be their prime candidate because they're about as bullshit as flex tapes, okay? They're are honestly you, are you, so are you trying? Cool. Are you trying to tell me? Are you trying to tell me I cannot take a bandsaw and cut a boat in half and fix it with flex tape and it still work? Is that what you're trying to tell me? And Coach Craig, this is the college show. I'm allowed to talk about Bill O'Brien if I darn well please. He coaches for Alabama now. Don't give me that. Oh shit! Yeah, there's some college reference to this. There's some college ties. We'll talk. <laughs> actually, into we, an NFL we, we, we will talk about him uh-huh. later. That's right. So, yeah. do, do, Coach Craig. That's right. Coach Craig, yeah. this is this is my show that, that we're talking about. <laughs> what to talk about? <laughs> oh um, shit! But, but, yeah, I don't. I don't know if the double sided on the boat would, would exactly work in real life. But if you want to go out on a lake, I don't know if you're by a body of water. Oh, sure. I want to go out on a leg and test it out. Film it for me. Oh, send it to me. That that would make my night. That would make my be honest. Okay. Then, then my so. big then my big question is: Would you would you um would you sponsor me in doing that and buy me like a, a small like kayak or like pontoon boat to go cut in half and fix with flex tape? You know, you know, if you pull that off, I guess that's the bare minimum of what I would have to. Right, you know, I think like if you pull that off, that's yeah, you've done your duty. You know, then, then as, as my follow-up question, am I allowed to use any oh, flex shit. seal like the liquid? Am I, allowed, am I allowed to use any or, or the, the the spray paint type one? The the spray paint one. I'll I'll allow it <laughs> as, as long as I'm only using uh, flex products. And, and Phil yeah. Swift has used it in a in a commercial. That's the only stipulation. Oh, do you remember his name too? Of course I do. He he's. <laughs> He's a meme. Have you not seen all the memes of him just on the internet of him just in the commercials? Oh, he's he's great. He's the second coming of Billy Mays. R.I.P. Uh, um, it, you know, it just 
maybe a little bit like like one notch less of a you know decibel level of screaming at the camera where he's like i got flex stick <laughs> I, I don't know phil swift really yells when he's like i saw this boat in half oh god okay we're all we got it up for you it's like what the fuck am we doing no, here, like the clip just, the clip where it's he some has, wild, wild shit you know the clip where he's got like the tank of water and all the water flowing out and he just has the thing of tape and just slaps <laughs> it on there and it oh, and it, it magically yeah. seals the water <laughs> oh god I, it, it's just so funny just you know oh. speaking of john madden whenever he hey boy fact interacting you know it's like hey boom flex tape does everything flex you gotta just tap it on you're good to go flex tape <laughs> Oh man! All right, all right. Let's get back. Anyways, let's get back yeah. in it. Uh, who, who's your pick for this game? Are, are you sticking with the Utah? Sticking with the Utes? I'm gonna go with Utah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Utes. Uh, uh, you know, shout out to them Utes out there balling out in the second half of the season. I think that defense come alive. You know, we talk about Devin Lloyd. Clark Phillips is an outstanding corner this year. I mean, he's been unbelievable oh, yeah. this year. Uh, Twelve pass deflections on the scene, but very stout in man coverage. Mike Tafua, J- Junior Tafuna. Uh, they got so much talent, and then you got like I. Back to tight end really make a big difference. Uh, to kind of keep keep Ohio State at bay from really going off in this, keep them to like 24 points. While Utah maybe drops 20. You know, I think the defensive losses with Haskell Garrett and uh, um, uh, um, Haskell Garrett, and then um, uh, uh, or, you know, for for him, you know, defensive you know losses of you know the, the left tackle and in the. It just made be a little too much for them to, to be comfortable. I think the, I have a feeling that the the, uh, um, the you know the passing game will be fine for Ohio State, mm-hmm. CJ Stroud, but just not to where he goes off. Like, you know, like kind of like what we saw in Michigan, Michigan, uh, in that game, like keeping him to just two touchdowns, not connecting. Uh, 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 you know, like edging out uh, Michigan. I think that's going to be a, a similar type of deal we get. In, so I've got Utah coming away with this one, like I said, 28-24. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, again, like I said, I agree. Uh, and now we're coming to the last, I don't want to say last true New Year's Six game, uh, but the mm-hmm. last New Year's Six Bowl that is not uh, a playoff game, we have the Sugar Bowl. Honestly, just mm-hmm. like overtime has been one of my favorite bowl games. It's just got this cool allure to it. You know, it, it's always had yeah. this this kind of this history that this really cool kind of vibe to it. Uh, we have the number seven Baylor Bears and the number eight Ole Miss Rebels throwing down in uh, New Orleans on New Year's Day. This one is going to be fun. I've got a real good feeling that this game is just going to be all over the place. Ole Miss yeah, comes in as I'm excited a, for this one. Ole, Ole Miss comes in at a point and a half favorite, the sl- almost slimmest yes. of margins. And I don't blame them to be honest. I, neither do I because I don't blame them because you've got Baylor with just this incredible mm-hmm. defense that has yeah. really come out to play. And thing is, with Ole Miss, their offense over the last, you know four or five weeks of the season. You know, I don't want to say struggled. I mean, the lowest amount of points they put up in their last five games was 20 against Auburn, in which Matt mm-hmm. Corral was, like, crippled for half the game. Yeah. Like, truly, <laughs> like, he left the game, clearly yeah. left the game, got got a cortisone shot in that knee, and they said, get back out there, boss man. 
and, and <laughs> it said verified verified from my brain i'm sure and the thing is i can't even say cortisone it very well could have just been like a tortoller and like they could have just like really oh, God. gave him the nfl special and just i'll tell you though man there. that guy is one tough son of a bitch man he is oh, so yeah. damn tough he inspires so much within his teammates like honestly like his you, you know Ole Miss is a great it was was a very good team this year but like I honestly wonder what with the way he just came out there and just never seemed to just be slighted, you know, or never seemed to just phase one bit. Mm-hmm. That confidence alone resonates within the team, and that can be the difference between a team winning ten games or one eight or something. Oh, sure. From motivation, uh, and I, can, um, you know, I completely agree. I mean, clearly, I mean, yeah. look at the back. I completely agree with you, and I, I feel like that's something that a lot of teams uh, at the mm-hmm. NFL level are going to look at, and you know, in his interviews in. Uh, the pre-draft process, uh, but but this is not just about one team and one quarterback. Um, Baylor this year has has been absolutely brilliant. That they were just so good. Ended up winning the Big Twelve, uh, winning that championship game over Oklahoma State, twenty-one sixteen. Uh, the interesting thing though is, it's looking like they're going to have to go with uh, Jerry Bohannon or. Yeah, he's going to be starting. It sounds like it sounds like he's starting, but they're not going to have that net. They're not going to have the net of their backup who had um, season-ending surgery. Like Shapin. Shapin. Oh, had, really? Yes, he did. Uh, Dave Aranda That's talked right. about it. Uh, he had a surgery just a couple weeks ago and will not be available for this game. Uh, this is going to be so much fun, I feel like, because you've got, like I said, a really good offense coming up against – or, well, a defense, excuse me, in, in Baylor coming up against one of the most well-rounded and high-powered offenses in the country. I mean – like just to put it into perspective, Corral had three for what thirty four hundred yards, give or take, twenty yeah. touchdowns, mm-hmm. ran for a whole lot, and Olmus had three running backs. I think didn't they have three running backs go over seven hundred yards or like over five hundred yards or something like that? Five hundred. It was five hundred. Yeah, Parrish obviously and Connor and Ely. Well, I mean that's what I'm saying. Ely caught or ran for seven hundred mm-hmm. alone, and then to have two other guys break five hundred. And then corral break five. Yeah. That's, like I said, four-headed monster, man. I mean, that's it's absolutely just... ridiculous. Um, Insane. But but coming into this game, uh, even bo- both coaches have just been like, this has been ar- arguably one of the most, like, complimentary uh, mm-hmm. um, pre-game processes I've seen from both coaches. You've got Kiffin saying, man, that Baylor defense is so good. I have no idea how we're going to get past them. And you've got Aranda, who I have to say, I love Dave Aranda. I mean, I think he has oh, he's done phenomenal. He's phenomenal. such a good coach. I mean, he's also just what a so dude. Good. Like, he's just yeah. so cool, calm, and collected at mm. all times. Just a dude. Yeah. Uh, and he on, on his side, he's like, man, we've got a good defense, but I have no idea how we're going to stop that offense. Like, I, I just don't understand yeah. it. Like, <laughs> good luck, man. Like, they're both just like, oh, we got our work cut out for us in, in this uh, uh, pregame process. Um, I mean, they've just had so many, like, everyone has their role. They to, to, you know, the, the necessary level that they need to. And it's just so much fun to watch. And, and being so multidimensional makes it so hard to game plan against. And, and I, 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 like, spoiler, I, I, I think it may be the difference of why Ole Miss edges them out. I think it's going to be very, very but I see Ole Miss coming away with that because of how multidimensional it's often. I have to agree. Uh, but I'm actually not going to put it all on the offense. 
I'm really? going to give a lot of credit to to Coach Durkin and Partridge, who I know we've had our we've had our differences and we've had our conversations about DJ Durkin um, coming back. Yeah. And I think we both uh, co- come to a, a level of mutual respect and agreement on mm-hmm. his his status. But mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to it, simply put, they have really over the last couple weeks put together such a good game plan that fits so well with this defense. Uh, I mean, we're we're talking about Texas A&M, who ended up beating Alabama earlier this season, getting held to only 19 points. Malik Willis Mm -hmm. and Liberty. Malik Willis, arguably one of the more talented quarterbacks going into the NFL this season, held to just 14 points and picked off multiple times. Mm -hmm. And then even, even in the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State, who had one of the better, if you know, passing attacks in the most general sense in college football this season held to just 21 points. I mean, this is truly a defense and a bunch of defensive players that are truly coming into their own. And as I follow Ole Miss pretty closely, I don't know a single opt-out off the top of my head apart from guys that are transferring. Big Sam Williams, senior. I didn't see anyone. No. Sam Williams, who is just electric on that offensive line this season, playing Chance Campbell, who is a true mm-hmm. like cornerstone middle linebacker, playing yeah. in this game. I mean, you could even say the same for Baylor. I don't know any players from Baylor that are opting out. Uh, it, no, I didn't see anyone either in that in that regard either. Abram no. Smith is playing, isn't he? Yeah, he's playing. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I, I mean, look, this could be this this is going to be such a fun game. Like the, yeah. just. Both teams, I think, are going to be able to really lean on what they're good at. And with mm-hmm. Ole Miss, I just think it's the little bit of extra defensive effort and defensive uh, game planning that has really made this defense stand out in the last couple weeks of this season that are going to give them the edge. As much as I love Matt, as much as I lo- mm-hmm. love this run game, I mean, like you said, four-headed, absolute hydra mm-hmm. Of a of of a run game, and I mean even their receiving core. I mean Drummond has been electric at times. I mean sometimes with these runs that he's putting together with uh, his yards after catch, it looks like he's walking, but he's getting like four or five yards (laughs) a step. It's just ridiculous, you know. Just there's so much versatility, but Baylor's defense, man. I mean, Rand is just been so good at getting both sides both sides of the ball clicking you know it's all here for that defense their defense Mm -hmm. they play so smart i mean baylor's defense they don't let players get Mm -hmm. get behind them like that level of separation in that secondary it Mm -hmm. is is inches it's so tight they play such a tight Mm -hmm. front i I mean it's really been incredibly impressive but Mm -hmm. just based on on how they've played as of late when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, I've got to give Ole Miss the edge um, in this game. And it's it's ever yeah. so slight. I think this game, it might end up being the best game of the New Year's Six Bowls. Truth, like, to be honest. Completely yeah. truthfully, I, like both of these teams have been so good at what they do best this season. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. it's going to be so, so tight. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. I really think, and and for poor Baylor, they already came off of you know crazy right championship against Oklahoma State. This is going to also, and I think it's not going to go in their favor, and it's also going to be different on top of that too. We're going to see a lot more offense explosion, I think, because of Ole Miss. 
where you know you look at Oklahoma State, you don't quite get that same uh, uh, um, that same you know uh, profound impact offensively, you know, because of what they have, what they lack. Uh, um, I think you know the, the you know I talk about the offense being multidimensional, but I think just as much too. Uh, um, you know, you talk about Chance Campbell. I love Chance Campbell, but I think Sam Williams is going to be the defensive difference in this game. If he can get pressure on 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 a Gary Bohannon, who you know, a good I, I like Gary, Gary, exceptional quarterback. He's kind of like, in some ways, a little bit like a king. Uh, 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 you know, where he he's he can be mo, you know, make some make the necessary throws to kind of move the move the ball down the field, uh, but but not put the put it over the top, not carry a team on his back, not make the, the exciting wild plays that, that really, you know, suggest that this guy's a, a, a Heisman caliber quarterback by sure, any stretch. Sure. Um, so, you know, th- their identity for Baylor is probably going to be leaning on the ground game with Abram Smith. Who's been outstanding, easily one of the best backs in the country. I mean, the guy has been absolutely sensational, 1400 yards, 23. Uh, uh, and I believe he had 12 touchdowns too, on top of that, excuse me. Um, so he, he's just been absolutely phenomenal this year um you know out of the ground game you know we trust Nabner too is back too but i think like i said what, what's going to keep this this game interesting is this defense man i mean you know jalen petrie I've, I've been talking about him ad nauseum an outstanding outstanding safety along with jt woods both a a, a great safety in them uh terrell bernard and gabe hall too and really gonna hold it down i think for dave rand in this game uh, but the thing is, though, you know, I just wonder how they're going to stop this 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 four-headed monster. Uh, uh, you know, you know, with Matt Corral and with Elian Connor and Parrish. I mean, all these guys are so formable out of the ground game, and then Corral's chemistry with Don Terry. That's just that's a whole other thing to account for. So it's just, just going to be a little too much, I think, for them to to come away with this one. I see this potentially being like a. 33-30 type of deal. Oh, man. Uh, um, you know, the, the defense is going to make their fair share of plays, you know, I think, uh, from, from, from Baylor. But, I, you know, I, Ole Miss is going to come back firing, man. This is a team that just does not quit one damn bit. They are constantly resilient. Uh, they're constantly just putting teams on notice. Like, they're not and I think in this one, it's going to be proven to be too much for Baylor to keep up with. So I think thirty-three thirty is what I got to uh, uh, is coming up with this one. Man, you say that you're you're going to give me an absolute heart attack. Uh, <laughs> uh, though it is going to come down to the wire, though I fully uh, expect that shit. <laughs> um, one one thing on, on that note that'll be really interesting is um, Ole Miss is a place kicker from the majority of the season. Caden Costa. Uh, is not uh, eligible to play uh, as he was really? not, as he was not eligible to play in the Egg Bowl due to a um, a positive um, PED test that he oh, says. Wow. Well, he's kicker. Wow. Well, well, that's the thing. According to him, it was just like uh, it was for like Adderall or some sort of like prescription mm-hmm. drug that oh, he I has see. a prescription for that I guess never got cleared or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I see. I don't think, I mean, like you said, he's a kicker. He's like, he is literally six foot and barely 200. Like he is a twig. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see him going out there juicing. So uh, it'll, it'll be on the backup Kale nation who again, yeah. what a football name. 
Um, that's a great name, yeah. Uh, who who was who performed admirably in the Egg Bowl? So man, the mm-hmm. three points, that extra three points. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna stress. You're gonna stress me out. It's gonna be a one, man. It's, you know what? I was I was gonna say this is gonna come down to a goal. <laughs> like in that that, that Baylor day oh. game, which was I mean the play of the year defensively. If you ask Fantastic. me. Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, if it's if it comes down if it comes down to that and it ends up having to be like Sam Williams just chasing down mm-hmm. Bohannon or something like that in, in the red zone. Yeah. <laughs> oh again, you're stressing me out. Oh, already. it's gonna be wild, man. So it's all right. Uh those are our New Year's six picks apart from our playoffs. Uh for our playoff games, we've got two games here, and we're gonna start off with excuse me, number four, Cincinnati taking on Alabama at the Jerry Dome. AT&T Stadium, I know, but it's the Jerry Dome to me. Uh, down in Arlington, <laughs> Texas. Uh, man, I Alabama in this game is a 13-and-a-half point favorite. And this is a game that we kind of we, – we did a little bit of pregame chit-chat about this game. Um, and it, it's hard not to look at that uh, and, one, be a little bit disheartened for Cincinnati because it's very – it's well deserved for yeah. Alabama. That, that's the thing mm-hmm. is, is that it is well deserved. Uh, as disappointing as that is in a way, because this is a playoff game, and I, I do think both of these teams though are playoff caliber. You know, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say I don't think Cincinnati deserves to be in the playoffs because I mean, what is it at this point? Like two straight seasons undefeated. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is a truly a good, uh, not just a good, a great football program. They've got a great defense, a really good coach. I mean, uh, well, they but lost it, one last year, I should say, but but it was still they, a great, you know, who did they lose to phenomenal. last year? Was it, a, was it a bowl game that they lost last year? No, I believe it was. Uh, I'm trying to blank on who they lost. Oh no, it was a bowl game. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Yeah, shoot, I forgot it was a bowl game. Yeah. So, I mean, so. they haven't lost a regular season game in, in two seasons at this point. Um, man, it's so tough. Uh, look, just outright, I- I'm going to say it. I think Alabama wins this game. Um, I don't necessarily know if it's yeah. two touchdowns difference because this is a Cincinnati team that even when they've been close in games, they've always been able to keep teams like at arm's reach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like, e- even... <laughs> Even when they've been trailing, which they haven't done much at all this season, uh, they, they've always been able to to kind of keep it keep it tight, keep it close. Uh, mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter to me is definitely like QB like four or five when it comes mm-hmm. in comes into the to the draft stock. But I think he's a gamer. Yeah. I think he's got that toughness. It's a good quarterback. Got that chip on his shoulder. I mean, threw for thirty two hundred yards, thirty scores, but the eight interceptions mm-hmm. against an Alabama defense like this. Um, it is yeah, not no. something that you really want to, to trifle with. Um, I mean, Jerome Ford, by the way, can, can we talk about him for a second? He's so funny. He's I think he good. honestly should have gotten more. He should have gotten more love. You're right. He's electric. In the Heisman voting. He's, he's phenomenal. He's electric, man. He, he's so dynamic. He's a, he's a great so player. Good. I mean, 1,200 yards, 19 touchdowns on the season. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And this secondary, I do have to say, I love Cincinnati secondary. I phenomenal mean, they, they're the best in the country best in the country sauce gardner yeah first off he's so good name second off in his collegiate career he mm-hmm. has never allowed a touchdown in man coverage 
Not That's a insane. single touchdown in man coverage. And I understand the competition they're playing against, but still, I mean, that is is just a truly next level uh, of production mm-hmm. from a secondary player. Like, that's ridiculous. And, I mean, I understand. Um, oh, wait, who is the Alabama player that hurt uh, against Georgia? Was It, it wasn't Jamison Williams, was it? Um, Like, who tore their no, ACL? No, I don't believe. Who, who tore their ACL? Oh, gosh. Who, who oh, was that? Oh, it's on the tip um, of my tongue. How do I not remember? Oh, I'm, no. tr- I'm blinking out. Oh, uh, yeah, it was Mechie. It was Mechie. What am I right. saying? It was yeah. Mechie. What am I talking about? You're right. It is. It was Mechie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. against a good secondary, losing a player with, with that level of dynamic yeah. ability is really going to be a big loss. Uh, I mean, I fully understand that Jamison Williams is an absolute stud. He is. He's mm-hmm. so he's so good. But a guy like Mechie really just adds a, another layer uh, of depth and just skill and yeah. ability to an offense. Um, even with all that said and all things considered, I still think Alabama wins this one, though I don't yeah. necessarily know if they cover the spread of, four, of essentially 14 points. To be honest, I think they do. If not, it'll be 13, honestly, this one. Um, you know, uh, uh, I'm very, very, like, very worrisome about how much of a fire is lit under the ass of Alabama going to this game because I think they are so damn hyped up, but at the same time humble. That's a key thing to, to remember. At the same time humble, Saban doesn't take anyone for granted. It doesn't matter if it's Georgia State or if it's if it's Georgia themselves. You know, they will go off and 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 they will they, they will take pride in every damn win and execute every aspect of their to its fullest capability. And I think honestly, they've turned a corner. That commanding win over Georgia, they won by. 17 in that game. They absolutely uh, went off offensively. Just dropped 40 points in that game. Uh, uh, they're just they're phenomenal. I mean, they've got the Heisman, favorite, you know, the Heisman, favorite, me, the Heisman winner in Bryce, <laughs> who's been absolutely sensational. And I, I've been I like the, the Alabama offensive, but it hasn't been the greatest it's ever been. And they've they've had some lapses uh, uh, in protection. And Bryce Young just still comes out and is ready to go. He he's been. Very little of the reason why Alabama hasn't been perfect this year. I mean, he's been probably the least reason why, honestly. Outside of maybe my guy will won the Heisman, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, again, uh, I'm, with you know, you. I'm with you, man. <laughs> but uh, uh, but Br- Bryce Young, do not take anything away from what this guy is capable of. He, he can deliver any particular ball you need to. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a tough battle game who's been phenomenal this year. I wrote another key stat, too, this year. Uh, he's allowed 20 yards or less in every game he's played in the regular season this year and is allowed less than 100 yards in total during the regular season. Wait, so it's like, on wait. average, less than 10 yards a game, okay? It, it's unbelievable what this guy is capable of. Uh, he's absolutely a, a first-round talent. I mean, it, and it's not even just him. It's Arquan Bush, their nickelback. It's Kobe Bryant. It's Javon Hicks. Oh, that's the you know, one. It's, it's other... Brian Cook. Man, Co- that tandem with Gardner and, and Bryant, dude, they're yeah. so good. That They're so phenomenal, honestly. It, it's Luke Fickle, the job he's done. Luke Fickle's I, been I, great, man. It, he's going to put up a valiant effort, but I think it's still not going to be enough because you're dealing with the, 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 the absolute Goliath of Goliaths. I mean, they're just so stacked with talent. You talk about Mechie being out. Okay, Mechie's out. They still got John Robinson in the backfield. They still have Jameson Williams. And to fill in the void for Mechie, they'll just lean on the tight ends of Latin Billings. 
Like it's it's really not trying to find a way. They're you're out of freaking Bama. I know. You know they really do have so much depth, and it's it's ridiculous. It's so hard just because you know it's such a Cinderella story. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm rooting for them, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Realistically, it's Alabama. We're talking. About. I know. Realistically, I I don't think they're going to win. I think Alabama is going to win. But man, it would be so much fun to watch Cincinnati mm-hmm. secondary just you know turn Bryce Young into a turnover machine and, and Jerome Ford just absolutely get to work. But mm-hmm. while I think Ford's still going to have a good day, like let's be honest, I think he yeah. he's he's a mm-hmm. good enough back where he's going to get his, you know, game in and game mm-hmm. out. Uh, I, I just don't see how Cincinnati is going to – I don't want to say how they're going to keep up, but um, it, it's it's going to be based on their start. If Cincinnati is able to get mm-hmm. off to a good start, get some uh, defensive stops early, we might be talking about a different type of game. But all in all, uh, I still have Alabama coming away with this one. I, I see it being like 37, 24. I think Cincinnati could put up a decent amount of points. You know, 24 is not, no, I mean, that's, it's not that's great, nothing, but it's nothing to scoff at. Yeah. Um, you know, Jerome Ford's going to get his, you know, Desmond. I, I'm worried he might struggle in this one, especially with Will Anderson getting his face. That's going to be a, a handful to deal with, with him just alone on top of Henry Toto and you got Lambs too. I mean, there's just so much to it. In this uh, uh, this album def- defense, Phil Darian Mathis too. Uh, um, so there's just a lot to uh, just really be uh, worried about with with Alabama. I I, I just you know it's a sh- again Cincinnati's been standing this year. They're so productive offensively, kind of 500 yards of per game. Um, but when you just like you know we talk about strength of schedule, and, and I'm not sure Cincinnati because you know they're also in a they're in a conference, but they're suffice to say they're in a weaker conference. Their toughest competition, arguably, was Notre Dame and Houston. And I'm just saying, it just does not stack up as well as some face in the SEC. Let's just be real about it. Oh, you know? yeah. So I, mean, I, I, I mean, certainly. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we're talking about Alabama, which is realistically mm-hmm. the one of the best teams, if not the best team, of the Power 5 schools coming mm-hmm. up against the best of the Group of 5 schools, which yeah. is, is markedly at a lower tier than mm-hmm. you know these uh these power five schools and thing is realistically i think cincinnati could certainly beat the majority of a lot of these other teams that are mm-hmm. power five schools and, and just yeah. you know and playing in other bowl games but uh at the end of the day the the talent discrepancy is certainly there yeah you know and i i, I don't think that's really debatable as as disappointing as that is, um. but but I think that the key, the biggest key factor in this game is how the Cincinnati's secondary plays up against mitigating J, uh, uh, Jameson Williams and, and tight end. That is going to be the biggest. I I think it's going to be how this secondary plays in mitigating that Alabama passing attack. And 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 let's be honest, Cincinnati could come away with this one. It just. I don't see it being as likely, you know? So, uh, no, you're, you're 100% right. This would have to be, realistically, for Cincinnati to come away with this win, this would have to be Cincinnati coming into this game and playing the same type of game that Texas A&M did against Alabama 
earlier in the season. They have to. Whenever Alabama mistakes t- makes a mistake, excuse me, you have to capitalize. You have to be as opportunistic mm-hmm. as possible. Yes. You have to have a borderline mm-hmm. perfect game out of Desmond Ritter, and your secondary has to force turnovers. And thing is, it doesn't even necessarily, uh, you know, when I say turnovers in this sense, it doesn't necessarily have to just be, you know, literally turning the ball over. I mean, we need to see some some quote-unquote coverage sacks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where we need to see Cincinnati play such a tight, fine line against this this Alabama passing attack to where their front seven can really get home. That, to me, is truly the only way that I see Cincinnati coming away, coming away with this mm-hmm. one. And, and in a way that's disappointing because this is the playoffs, and I really don't want to see this like look turning into another Notre Dame in the playoff situation where they yeah. just get absolutely boat raced every single yeah. time. As 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 Notre horrible Dame sucks every time they've had that opportunity. As horrible as that is to say, because you know, sure, I, I always say that about that football program. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. If it wasn't true, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's the thing if it wasn't true i wouldn't say it and that's that's yeah. just the truth of the matter and it's, this it's isn't really... mississippi state we're talking about here where uh, the bias obviously factored into it uh, um um um, um <laughs> we're not gonna talk I'm about them. we're not we're not talking to, we're not talking about them right now they're uh in the last minute of their uh bowl game uh right down the street no. in memphis they're down 34 to 7 to texas tech yeah. i don't want to talk about it's them at all business. they don't they don't deserve <laughs> my time right now <laughs> Um, time. I just want to say one last thing about this game. Cannot wait. I hope to God we see uh, uh, um, Gardner matched up with Williams. Jameson Williams oh. versus Ahmad Gardner. I hope to God we see that. I cannot wait to see how that plays. That that would be – man, that would be good. Um, all right, and, and with that, we only have one more game, uh, mm-hmm. one more actual yeah. game in a preview. So it looks like we both have Alabama going into the finals. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then last but certainly not least, we've got what I think is probably going to be end up being a better um, game yeah. in the general sense. We've got the Georgia mm-hmm. Bulldogs and uh, Michigan playing at the Orange Bowl. Where is this again? Oh, it's in Miami. It's a hard rock. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That sounds like fun. That sounds like fun. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, after getting absolutely thrashed in the SEC yeah. championship game, Georgia's coming into this game as a seven and a half point favorite over Michigan. Yeah. Um, I, I, mean, I don't blame them for that one. I don't necessarily blame them either. And I kind of hate that I'm going to do this, but I, I, I think I'm going to pick Georgia to win. Um, yeah. And I don't want to say that it's going to be an absolute just, you know, beat down. I do like Michigan. I like what they've been able to do this season. Cade McNamara has been fine. You know, I mean, you could say the same for Stetson Bennett, but I think Bennett's just been more efficient. Like his numbers don't look great just because he's been working with a, a an A-plus defense, mm-hmm. a good run game, and he's just been efficient, mm-hmm. uh, efficient yeah. at the football. Um, like they don't, they just don't, they don't have to ask him to throw it very much. So he doesn't. No. Um, he's been nice this year. I liked, I like 24 TD seven interceptions. He's been really nice this year. You he, know, Bennett's Bennett has been good. He, and what I've been mostly surprised by with Stetson Bennett has been mm-hmm. his ability to extend plays and work outside the pocket. That wasn't yeah. necessarily something I saw in his game going mm-hmm. into the season, but he's really proven me wrong. In, in talking mm-hmm. about that. And let's be honest. I mean, if Georgia really needs to, 
they do have a good second quarterback. It's not like JT Daniels is all of a sudden some scrub just because he got no. hurt and Bennett took over. Like that's not mm. that's not what we're saying here. He you know, he actually clicked when he was at Georgia. I was very, very uh, JT Daniels? And, yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah, because like when he was at USC, he was a mess. Mm. I was like, get him out of here. This is not USC quarterback. No, it was, I, was just, it was I was not a fan of him, you know. But but with Georgia, he's been nice and and you know, luckily they've had Stets embedded to kind of fill in the void when, when JT went down and he's fit in uh, uh, so swimmingly within this offense. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really like Georgia's running run game. I mean, I feel like they've got two really good complementary backs. Oh, yeah. uh, Zamir mm-hmm. White is, is fantastic. He's he's so good. And then, I mean, uh, who was there? Uh, who's who's the one who usually runs as their second? Is it McIntosh? James, James Cook. Oh, that's right. It is James Cook. Yeah. James mm-hmm. Cook, sorry. Who, homecoming for him. He's from Miami. Um, originally. Oh, really? So, yeah, oh, wow. that, that'll, be, that'll be fun for him to play in front of his family, uh, that type that type of thing. But I, I really think that this one's going to come down to which defense can do more because at the end of the day, neither of these teams are driven yeah. by their offense. They are both yeah. truly no. driven no. by their defenses and, mm-hmm. and or offensive line. I mean, Georgia's offensive line, um, now coached by former Ole Miss head coach uh, Matt Luke. Um, mm-hmm who former offensive lineman as well. Uh, so good for them. I, I really do think it's cool, a cool um, opportunity for him, but mm-hmm. I, I think Georgia's offensive line is a little bit better than Michigan's right now. Just, just in the general, yeah. in the general sense. So I think that they're going to be able to do a better job of, uh, I don't want to say completely mm-hmm. neutralizing that true bookend tandem of Ojabo and Hutchinson, which, I mean, when you've got two guys that are that athletic and that truly talented, it's extremely mm-hmm. difficult to yeah. truly stop them. You can slow them down, but you can't mm-hmm. stop them, if you know what I mean. That, mm-hmm. That's truly going to be a battle of how much can you mitigate what they're mm-hmm. able to do. Uh, and then, I mean, for Georgia's defense, I mean, uh, all season – I mean, uh, apart from their last game against Alabama, in mm-hmm. which Alabama, I think, just took them by surprise yeah. it, it is the biggest thing for them. I, I truly mm-hmm. think that Alabama just kind of surprised them with what they were able to do offensively. And in a way, that was kind of the name of the game. Because, you know, at a point there, Georgia was leading, and it looked like they were truly going to be able to hold Alabama up until, you know, some of these kind of early touchdowns and, and the defense got a, got a little bit f- bamboozled, a little uh, flummoxed, if you will. Um, bringing out the... Pulling out the sophisticated vocabulary right here. Bringing, right? Out, like the, it, bringing no? out the big words. Uh, that's, that's, that's for you, John. Um, R.I.P. Uh, the glasses imply something now. They're, you know, this I'm, isn't just... He's not wearing them and... I'm not wearing them for nothing. I, I promise. I'm... The the moderately sharper ish tool in the shed. I'm certainly not the sharpest, no. but probably haven't been uh, <laughs> through the mud too much. Um, but but with all that said, oh, um, I feel like Georgia's defense is really going to be able to do a good job against Michigan. Um, and can I just say, Nicobe, yeah. Nicobe Dean is that guy. He's outstanding, yeah, he's, man. He's so athletic. He's truly a, a quarterback of that defense, uh, and, and just he's did a great so job versatile, all so versatile, just so formidable on. I mean, you know, it's funny. I remember, you know, Brett Coleman, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, who does a lot of film study, does a lot of uh, draft uh, um, uh, study as well, you know, or draft prospect study as well. Um, and he, he said he like watched like second place, like boom, first rounder, like enough said. I, oh, I, yeah. I don't need to see any more, you know? He, he's that special of a talent. I think he's going to play a significant role in this one. You know, even Jordan uh, Davis, too, you know, as oh, that, yeah. that, that cog in, in, in the middle at the nose tackle, just stuffing. Keep in mind. Double teams left. To right where they got nowhere to go for we, 340 we, pounds of a man i we also have to say i mean he was so good this season too he was he was yeah incredible. he was nice he, he was so good it this may season. not show up in the stat sheet but he was he was nice you know he, he's one of those guys where he's truly like from the nose tackle position the glue he yeah. was truly the glue for that defensive front seven where you know anything that came into the middle of the park just got stopped up, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, keep in mind we're talking about a dude who's six foot six and three hundred and fifty yeah. pounds. Like he is yeah. a monster it's a of a huge, he's a monster of a human. But again, we can't yeah. completely disrespect Michigan. I mean, they've done so much no. work to get here. They were really good yeah. all season, and uh, I mean, come on, Hassan Haskins, so really good. nice, really yeah. nice. Um, their receiving core did leave a little bit to be desired, if you were to ask me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I agree. Excuse me. How much of that is the receivers or McNamara? That's my big question. Or is it both? Because it could certainly be both. I think it's a combo of both. You know, Cade McNamara is not a f- by any stretch. There's no way you're just looking at this guy. I'm not trying. I like. Uh, I don't think he's outstanding. He's not someone that's going to carry the team on his back quite like a, a, a you know Bryce and Young, Bryce Young could, or even to a lesser degree like a Stetson Bennett. Like I feel him in the pocket than I do a, a uh, uh, you know a a uh, Cade McNamara. Um, but but you know he can make the throws when necessary. I, you know I but, but Michigan's receiving talent. It's not really just been that great for for years now. It feels like I mean the last like Donovan Peoples Jones was a nice receiver. Um, the last one that I really was mesmerized talent-wise, you can maybe make an argument. I'll go sooner. Not Braylon Sanders, excuse me, uh, Braylon Edwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, I, Mario Manningham was the last time, and that was like 15 years ago, you know? So it's always oh kind of God. been their MO to not really have special receiving talent yeah. uh, and from the receiving core. You know, they've had some nice tight ends. Um, I even like Eric all this year. Yeah. Tight end, he's made some decent plays, but... The receiving talent has not been like it's it's decent. It's not like it's a scrub, but it's just it's it's an, it's kind of an afterthought when you look at uh, the the offensive line talent and when you look at the running back Corm and Haskins in the backfield. Uh, the sure. way Michigan comes away with this, I think, if they get the ground game going with Hassan Haskins, uh, you, you O line's got to protect up front. They've mm-hmm. got to protect. They cannot let Jordan Davis get through. Not let him roam free and do whatever he wants. At- um, if they can get Haskins going, and, and, and I think it bodes well for them that they have that punch too, kind of like a Georgia. They can keep up with them in that, you know. Um, but uh, uh, they, they got to get that going and got to, on the defensive side of the ball, keep Brock Bowers contained. You know, you talk about that ground yeah. game with Georgia, that, that's important. But Brock Bowers, man, that guy is sensational. He is a man amongst boys. He's best time, and he's only a freaking freshman. Uh, the guy has just been put up sensational numbers. I went on, you know, at not, uh, uh, you know, last week I think, you know, it was 791 yards, 11 touchdowns. He's so good, man. Uh, 
He's so, so ridiculously good. It's like to me that it's kind of crazy that Georgia's like one his like their argue like not even arguably their best receiver is a freshman tight end who is also better than any receiver that Michigan has right now. Yeah, and like that's to me not an argument. That yeah. that is just like not straight yeah. up. not even close. Ah uh, man, that's crazy. Um, I've got Georgia coming away with this one. I think me too. I'm gonna go twenty to fourteen. Twenty one. Twenty to. I'll go twenty one to. 14. Um. I, I don't. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think this is gonna be a high scoring affair. I, mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be pretty low scoring. Uh. And I don't think. But I think. Okay. Georgia wins. I don't think they cover that seven and a half. To. I, I think it would take. You like don't think a, so? I think it would take a special performance from Bennett or like Zamir White to really have mm-hmm. them pull away completely especially with as good yeah. as michigan's defense is because it is yeah. still really talented um oh, jawbone hudson man <sighs> jesus it's just a pair of bookends that are so good yeah um i i agree so so I, we both have georgia uh coming away with this one uh is that does that sound about right yeah i would in that i mean i think you know jawbone tonight you know i didn't even note them i, I think honestly with how multidimensional uh, uh, Georgia's offense is in comparison, mm-hmm. um, you know, what they can going with with Bowers and with Zamir White and James Cook out of the backfield, it's just going to be insurmountable Michigan. Um, they know about Ojabo and Hutchinson. Great as that defense has played uh, uh, this year, a lot of it, I feel like a big, big influence has come from those two guys. And when you take those two guys out of the game, Michigan, I'm not saying they've become pedestrian but they don't be there's a big big difference i think you know yep. when those guys are non-factors so if you eliminate those guys which i believe george has the capability of doing with all due respect to those guys just because of how much formidability they have offensively um i georgia comes away with it you know i certainly think you're right in that i feel like what michigan has kind of been lacking defensively this season is the ability to get pressure from the middle pressure mm-hmm. from the like that interior pressure um, mm-hmm. so if Georgia really needs to, they can certainly pull a guard or throw in an extra mm-hmm. tight end, uh, to, to really lock down, you know, one of those bookends, if not both at the same time. And I, I mean, to say both mm-hmm. that, that really does depend on where the game is at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I agree wholeheartedly. I feel like Georgia mm-hmm. just, just comes away with this one, which is kind of disappointing that we would see essentially an SEC championship rematch rematch-ish. in the final, Rematch. which... That's what I expect. I, I, I do expect that. I don't want to get into it right this second, just because we do mm-hmm. we'll have that opportunity to next week. Yeah. And by mm-hmm. the time we get there next week, we'll know what the actual game is. We'll know what the actual game yeah. is. So uh I, I'm certainly looking forward to this weekend. I, I think it's going to be a ton of awesome football to watch. Yeah. Um thank you all. Thank you all for tuning in and watching. We really do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh that is all I, I know that's all I've got. Uh what about you, David? That's all I've got. Uh, thanks to Coach Craig for tuning in, man. You were all. Awesome. I don't know if you're still on, uh, still listening to us now, but um, uh, had a lot of time, a lot of fun uh, tuning in with you, or chit chatting with you uh, throughout this podcast. Um, yeah, I just I can't wait to see how this goes. Out. We're gonna have an exciting New Year's Six. Oh, I, I think there's gonna be a lot six. of great games. This is where we finally get into the meat of it. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun, even with the absence. Of-
I, I completely agree. I think this is going to, this is our, like straight up this, this is probably my favorite time of the year of sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's either this oh, yeah. or like the beginning of, or the middle of spring where you've got like four sports going on. Like you've got, you still have football, you still have hockey, you've got uh, baseball and basketball all going on like at the same time, man, it's just great. Um, but that is all we have for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And, of course, before we head on out, a quick thank you to our sponsor, Symbol. If you go on over to Symbol and use our promo code OTH at checkout, you can get a $10 deposit bonus on any deposit of $25 or more. Uh, that is code OTH at checkout. And, of course, head on over to OvertimeHeroics.net. Find yourself some fantastic sports content of any variety. Uh, if you head over to OvertimeHeroics.net, you know, football, baseball, hockey, basketball, boxing mma f1 sports bet you know soccer even anything you guys are looking for just head over there and we will have you guys covered that is all we have for you guys tonight thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time peace take care guys all right the stream has ended